This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I'm Joey. I love wrestling. I'm Nick. I love wrestling. I'm Justin. I love wrestling. I'm Steven. And part two, I hate wrestling. (laughs) You Should Love Wrestling is a show where we try to convince Steven that he should love part two of wrestling. You should love wrestling, WWE, cause I love wrestling, a lot of loving from me. We on the podcast, Joey Cliff, Nick and Steven, but Steven ain't wrestling, gotta make him a believer. I'm all hoping that I love Rick Flair, The Undertaker, Tombstone on the chair. It's tuning every week, cause we got a new guest. You should love wrestling, cause it's the best, yes. Whenever you shop on Amazon, you can support our show by going to boardwalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling. Click the support our artist button and then shop on Amazon like you normally would. Why did you guys think extending the last two words? I only started um, doing that to, to mock Joey. Oh, you started doing it, it for like him. It just feels like there should be, would. It feels like there should be a joke there. So like I basically I stretch Instead it out. Instead of making a joke, you just elongate a word. And I used you're to like, make jo- that's it. a joke. <laughs> I used to make jokes joke. and then you made fun of me for it. Can yeah. anybody sign up for one of these Amazon things? Could I get one and then every time I buy something, the some of the money I spend on Amazon like comes you back normally to me. would. You yeah. can't. <laughs> Could you? Uh, you can't do that. No, because uh, you can't use your own link. It'll no. Mm, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so oh. I buy a ton of shit on Amazon and it's tragic because I cannot use our link. Okay, so what what I'll do is I'll start a link. And then you could start a link, and I'll buy all yeah. my things on your link, and you buy all your things on my link, and I'll just Ooh. Venmo you the money. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, this that's is great. great. Are we doing something illegal? I, I just know. <laughs> I mean, so. also, like, bummer, that could have been money for our podcast, Joey, but, you know, whatever. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, our <laughs> guest today is the writer of the best and worst of SmackDown column, Add Up Rocks, co-creator and host of Tournament Nerds, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, a very funny writer and director, and this is his third time, third time, third time on the show, Justin Donaldson. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome Come back you, this three-peat. is technically your third episode. You and Joan Ford are now tied as as our uh, three time guests. Oh, yeah, she's actually yes. she we're recording a fourth episode with her later today. That's going to be fun. Yeah, Joan will minute. have yeah Joan will have already beaten you by the time your first your second episode goes <laughs> up. So we've got another like Sorry. part tour. Yeah. coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. So should I just come back at five o'clock? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think that's want, yeah, I think that's it. probably the best thing for everybody here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking about WWE toys. We can just talk about those more. That'd be fun. Oh man, uh, yeah, I can yeah. talk about that. What for a dream! We could talk literally all day days. about toys. All right. uh, Big Jack specific had this guy. Oh, Jack! <laughs> I, uh, don't get me started. <laughs> Are you feuding with Jack specific? <laughs> you want to cut a promo on Yeah, Yeah, specifically with Jack. Yeah, that's actually, What's, yeah, we got time. Cut a promo on Jack Specific. Jack Specific. Jack Specific. Jack Specific. Jack Specific. Look, I respect Jack Pacific. Pacific? Was it Jack Specific? I think Jack's. it's Jack Space Specific. That's the owner of Jack's Space Pacific. <laughs> Look, I'm sure he was a fine man. I don't have anything negative to say about him. Uh... Maybe made too many figures. Uh, no, nobody agrees. <laughs> yeah, with this. no. Hey, that's fine. That's the. Uh, I really want to hear. Do we need another ruthless aggression series for my, for my fourth episode? Can I just bring in wrestling action figures? Let me just play with them. That'd be fun. I would fucking love that. Uh, also, <laughs> I, love I love a that. wrestling promo that starts with, "Look, you're a real good guy. You just wrestled too many matches. Maybe mm-hmm. wrestle mm-hmm. less." I, 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 I just I respect Jack. Too much to cut a promo. Oh, wow. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Although, to, to be fair, they started the whole facial recognition for wrestling figures thing. Yeah, but it never worked well. Yeah, it no, always looked Some bad. of them were ugly. Yeah. yeah. Some yeah. looked yeah, really good. Figures just Some looked were horrible. 
their revenue was $804 million in 2010. How's Mattel's figures these days? Oh, I mean, Mattel's they, are amazing. They look great. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They look cool. Yeah, there's never been a wrestling figure line as good as Mattel's. I remember some of those initial... Uh, when they switched the style for Jax and they went to like the Titantron characters, mm-hmm. they were fucking ugly. Yeah. They were yes. real fucking ugly. I had them. The hit they were ugly. ratio with Jax was all over the board. Yeah. Mattel's revenue was $6 billion in 2014. Hmm. So, so what you're saying, you Stephen, big business, always better than small companies. Oh, yeah. Big business every day, guys. Steven, I only support yeah. the biggest, most corporations huge, are people. Steven, Steven, one percenter Pearlstein. <laughs> That's right. That's your gimmick. I, I don't feel bad about 1%, that. Vince McMahon screwed over Bret Hart. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, I heard about up. that in the last episode. Yep, that's right. Today, this episode is the second in a two-part series on the Montreal Screwjob, which is an unscripted professional wrestling moment that happened in Survivor Series 1997 between Shawn Michaels and Bret the Man Hart. It was Bret's last night in the company. Okay, let's, let's, make, the... this, let's make this audible. Uh, okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm already... Pick up where you left off. Okay. Uh, so Joey, Joey's really picking his moments where to speed through it. He's like, yeah, we got time for Jack's Pacific. And then the actual thing of the episode <laughs> Okay. None of it uh, makes any sense. So yeah, this is part two of the Screwjob episode. Yes, uh, get it. Bret Hart was the WWF champion at the time. He refused to lose the title to Shawn Michaels due to personal issues between the two. So in an unscripted real moment, Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWE, screwed Bret Hart out of the title. Because of this, Bret held a very personal vendetta against the company mm-hmm. until he returned in 2010. Justin, one more time. Why did you show us the Montreal Screwjob? Yes, because I, in part one, we watched the documentary Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows. Did, did you literally ask him this exact question in the yes. last episode? I like, yeah, but I, I okay. start, but I started it with one more time. One more time. On this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, how about know. this? How about this? Here's a better question. Or like, what, how does this add to the story of it? So we, we saw the, the documentary. Mm-hmm. So how does watching the match enhance it for us? Well, the match itself is not great. It's not a classic. It it's wasn't, not, right? It's not, it's not good. Thank God. Match. Yeah, it, it's uh, it it's important for historical purposes, mm-hmm. and it's also just kind of fascinating. I mean, at the time, at the time, you didn't know what was going to happen because you knew, even if you took out Brett leaving, it was still going to be a fascinating match. Yep, because Sean and Brett. You knew Sean and Brett legitimately hated each other. Yeah. You knew that they had had, at this point, several real-life backstage fights. Yeah. And they had been keeping the two of them away from each other uh, for a long time because they couldn't work together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if you remove Brett leaving, going into the match, it was fascinating to see how these two guys who hated each other we're going to work with each other. Right? Yep. And on you... top of that, Sean was quickly rising to the top. There's no stopping it at yeah. this point. Yeah. How do you go from having real physical fights backstage to fake fighting with each other on mm-hmm. television? Right. Uh, I think anyone felt, everyone felt like anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last maybe two years, Sean had gotten kind of like progressively worse as a person. Yeah. <laughs> and he had pulled shenanigans in matches before. And then you had Brett, who was like a shooter, and if he wanted to, could probably just break Sean's sure. leg or arm or ankle. So anything could happen in this match. So there was a lot of talk, a lot of build to it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you add in the news breaking that Brett's going to WCW, and... 
and then at that point, anything can happen. Yep. So it's one of those situations where the real life situation, kind of like when CM Punk was going to leave or anything yeah. like that, it amps up the match, even though the match itself wasn't a fantastic wrestling match. It was just so interesting at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like matches like this, I feel, really blur the lines between reality and fiction. Like I would put like Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania right up there where it's like, oh, like Brock Lesnar is probably the best combat athlete in the world and has maybe 100 pounds on Roman Reigns. If he didn't want to drop the title, he could not drop the title. Sure. Like. You know, I think that uh, that's something that I love about professional wrestling is when you get moments like this where it's like, you know, is CM Punk going to like win the title or not, even though it's his last night in the company? Like, you know, and then he does win the title and then he just runs off into the crowd and it's like, what's going to happen next? I have no idea. And like, I think this is on a whole nother level because like, you know, Punk hadn't punched Vince McMahon in the months leading up to their match. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't on uh, whatever Shawn Michaels is on. Right. Uh, there were yeah. certain bruised egos and, and egos in general yeah. involved, but there wasn't like a wait. He punched Vince like there wasn't an altercation. It was a, it was a worked shoot. And as I mentioned in the last episode. Both of these guys, Brett and Sean at this point, were really buying into their characters and reality was blurring for them as well. Mm -hmm. So anything could happen. So just the the feeling going into this match, watching it live was crazy. It's a bit of a surreal feel to it all. Very much so, especially compared to WCW, which at the time was so cartoonish Mm -hmm. and just like, oh, it. It was so fascinating. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I think we found out maybe two days before or maybe the day before. I think it was two days before that Brett was leaving. Um, This was in the early days of people online Mm -hmm. talking about wrestling. I wasn't online yet in 97. So the news must have been big if it's making it around yeah. to enough people. Uh, I was so obsessed with wrestling. <laughs> just there's a guy riding down the street on a bike screaming. <laughs> yeah, Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, Bret Hart's going to WCW. Uh, Somebody's I, pl- sky riding. I used to have my uh, cousin who lived in Seattle, who was also a big wrestling fan, print out the wrestling news from the internet and, <laughs> that's and mail it to me. That's awesome. That's amazing. So every week I would get like an envelope with wrestling news that he had printed out. So that's there's just so Roger great. WBF where like half of it is pop-up heads. <laughs> right. So uh, this he called. Back then. He called. He was like, you're not going to believe this. Bret Hart is leaving and going to WCW. It was shocking. Uh Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, Mm -hmm. not Brett. Like, and it, so, yeah, even it, it, it's important not, it's important for two reasons. What it meant back then, and then ultimately what it meant to the history of pro wrestling. Sure. Because it changed professional wrestling forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually, uh, I, I used to do that too. Not, I didn't necessarily, I, I would go to the library in my hometown before I had a computer and I would print out just like news and rumors from Raja WF just so I could save it for later, I guess. Like once a week, I'd go to the library, print stuff out. And I just had a stack in my room of just like wrestling news and rumors. I would just read when I was bored. Christmas I had, uh... 1996 was our very first home computer. And we had my dad is still pretty up to date on tech stuff. We had the Internet from right on then and there it was no turning back, baby. 
Yeah, I used a computer when I was five. I used to install programs for my parents. Uh, and I had a subscription to all the magazines because I'm in the 1%. <laughs> uh. So let's move on to the match. Uh, Please. WWF, as always, put together a great little uh, video clips or uh, a video package uh, highlighting what this entire uh, feud was about. So let's just cut to a quick clip of that. This is bullshit. Everybody screw me. I don't like him. I don't trust him. And I don't believe him. You know, a lot of people don't agree with my lifestyle, but it is mine. It's a phony little shit. Just because I come out here and choose to live my life openly and freely does not make you a better man. I don't respect you. You don't understand what it means to have dignity, to have poise, to bring prestige to the World Wrestling Federation. I do this because I like it. You do it. Because in your mind, Mark Man, you really think all of this is yours. Great. So uh, one more time. Uh, in part one, we showed Stephen the documentary about the match. And now here's the match itself. The WF Survivor Series 1997 main event match featuring Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart for the WF Championship. Um, so, uh, Stephen, what did you think of this match? Uh, I found this match boring and uncompelling. Uh, I was, I knew the whole thing. I was looking for something going on in the match that would, uh, I don't know, like feel uh, like off the rails or unscripted or different. And it didn't. It's really it not just until felt the screwdriver like itself. Yeah. It felt like a long match that I didn't care about until the very end. And there's like a, the thing, I guess the only thing that I really found remarkably interesting about this match is that like there's a moment right when it ends that you can see Brett like clinging on to the idea that maybe I haven't lost it yet. Like he tries to turn on Shawn Michaels and like, he's just so like, no, this didn't just happen. Uh, and then he spits in Vince McMahon's face, which is hilarious. Uh, but like, that was a, that was, the, that was the moments where it kind of broke a little bit. And I was interested in that. Uh, everything else was a long, long lead up uh, to the thing that I yep. knew was coming, which isn't, uh, which isn't fair. That's not a, like a easy way to like come into this match, but yeah. Yeah. At the time you, like it, there was a really dark, weird feeling that night. Mm -hmm. Like it was so sad that Brett was leaving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was so sad and you knew something was going to go down and <laughs> I almost didn't want to watch the pay-per-view because of how sad it was going to be to see Brett leave. Yeah. Right. Um, and you just had a feeling something was going to happen, but I don't think anyone could have guessed that that what type of thing was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, Joey, who's HBK? Uh, uh, Heartbreak, Heartbreak Kid. Heartbreak Kid, Sean, oh. Sean Michaels. We've term. mentioned this 1,000 <laughs> times before. Well, you know, I just, I saw this, these signs and oh. I was like, oh, wait, what? Uh, I also love that. This, so there's signs that says HBK equals fag. Um, uh, can we believe that? God, Steven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not the, say that. I'm the bad guy here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I was just like, I guess I was so stunned that one, uh, that it, they I didn't, cut to they it. Cut to it. Yeah. It. Like WWF was like, we got to get that. That poster's too good. They really roasted him. Oh, I God. Would, I, I guarantee you that in every WWF audience in the 90s, there was at least 10 fag signs. 
Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. At least Absolutely. 10. It's just yeah, like Vince, Vince McMahon just passed him out of concession. Right, here you go. Here you For, go. First 1,000 visitors get a, a genuine fax. <laughs> hold it up, hold it up, prop, son. It was a different time. <laughs> I, I was just stunned to see. I missed it the first well, yeah, time I, I watched I think this. Steven and I both saw it at the same time and definitely made <laughs> shocked eye contact with each other. I, oh, yeah. I will admit that a friend of mine uh, who was one of my groomsmen at my wedding uh, mm. brought a sign that said something similar to WrestleMania 2000. Wow. <laughs> uh, against who? It was a different time. Against uh, Oh, no. It was just about a friend of ours. Oh, okay. Well, at least that's <laughs> not cool. As long as it's a personal thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's not just generalized um, hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was uh, a co-worker. It's, uh, it's interesting to me that Steven wow. says that he didn't really see anything particularly remarkable, remarkable about this match. Mm. When I watched it, it was my first time seeing it in like a long time. It did feel very off the rails to me. Like the match didn't actually even start until 20 minutes in because they were like brawling into the audience and up the rail and stuff like that. And like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I noticed that, too. I honestly just thought that was some like weird confusion with like somebody didn't ding the bell and like they just kind of no, started. That's just, and nobody they were cared. so they hate each other so much that they don't oh, make, okay. that they aren't going to wait for the bell to ring to start fighting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just took it as like uh, somebody wasn't on tech, which we know all too well for YSLW Pro. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to f- 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 screw you, TPT Tech people. <laughs> uh, now you're all lovely human beings. They're doing a fine job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this night so well. <laughs> like I'm as we're watching it again, I'm having like flashbacks to the evening. It's very, uh, mm-hmm. it's weird and eerie to me. Did you watch this live? I did. Oh, I okay. I went out to. Uh, I was a teenager. My parents had divorced. They had joint custody. Got it. it was my dad's weekend. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I was out at his place in Riverside, and his girlfriend had just left him and taken everything in this four bedroom house. Okay. Oh, uh, and when I say everything, I mean she took the refrigerator, took the and the trays. washer and dryer, took the, the oh, copper shit. wiring and the walls. She, she took everything except for what he had before they met, uh-huh. which was basically the television. Right. So we were sitting. My dad. That's the only thing I, that matters. My dad and I were sitting on the floor in an empty four bedroom house that just uh-huh. had a television, watching this. And Beautiful. I remember I was getting like really antsy for this match. Uh, so we left in the middle of the pay per view and went to Wendy's to get dinner. And I remember like not wanting to even like think about it because I was so upset that Brett was leaving. <laughs> so uh, like at dinner we were just talking about Seinfeld because I was trying to get my dad into Seinfeld. And he was just <laughs> like, I've, I watched an episode, I just don't get it. That's so that's funny. amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know why yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we came back just in time to watch the main event, mm-hmm. and man, it was just. The moment that the screw job happens, I was just in shock. Yeah, it, I, I knew right away. It like, goes off. T- it goes off TV so abruptly too. It's what I was yes. actually sitting over. Here. I know there is a WWE uh, home video post match video. Yes, and I know that it's uh, he's like busting up the the announce table and he's in the yeah. ring with Owen and them. Well, yeah, and he's in the ring. He's making he's making monitors. I was making, trying to find he's making it, a giant WCW with his hands. He's flipping off the camera. Yeah. Mm. And um, I remember the the moment that the screw job happens, not knowing what happened, and it taking probably a good two minutes for it to sink in, and then sitting yep. there in that empty living room and like saying out loud, "They fucked him." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I I just love uh, how dramatic everything is to kids. I don't know how old you were at the time, but I just love. <laughs> he, like, was 20, he was twenty. He was twenty five. 
No, I was older. You're spending I was time like, with your dad on the weekend. I was, <laughs> I, was eight, I, I think I was 17. Really? Wow. Yeah. But let me tell you, I'd have the same reaction now. Really? Oh, yeah, come on. Fair. If not worse, now I'd probably be sobbing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Throwing things in your own place. Oh, yeah. God, funny. God, what? <laughs> but uh, I always just like parallel lives. Uh, my, my parents also divorced, and I would also watch wrestling pay per views at my dad's house. We during, were the two. Doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happened to. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we were the wow. only two. Mm-hmm. If wow, you also so. are part of a divorced family and you watch wrestling pay per views at your Brett dad's wasn't house, the only no, you are because there's only night. two. Uh, send us a tweet at YSLW Podcast. <laughs> hashtag Wrestling with Daddy. You immediately gave up <laughs> your it. premise that you were the only two that were had divorced. I mean, that okay. was me. Like I had, I had <laughs> the joke figured out before Justin said it, so uh-huh. it's just like ah, I'm just gonna roll through. This. Oh, yeah. Wait, uh, and the joke was the tweet joke at was, us? Yeah, tweet it was tweet at us. Hashtag wrestling with daddy. Right. Oh. Um, yeah, right, uh, yeah, I get it. But no, like this match. Just plow through. Yeah, Steven. Um, daddies. You know, they wrestle openly into the crowd. Right now, there's like, they're surrounded by like referees. It's like, right. it, this definitely. Uh, it's like mayhem. Yeah, like it feels like mayhem, or at least as much as a wrestling match can, you know? I mean, it's unusual for me for you to l- see this as. Just like, you know, oh, this is just a normal match that's not off the rails at all. It's like... But it is, like, you know, we've we've seen matches, for me, for my experience, we've seen matches where, like, The Rock does it. Wasn't the last one you brought in? People were getting out into the audience and stuff. Like, it's not uncommon for my no. professional wrestling knowledge for this type of thing to happen. So I'm just like, yeah, it just looks like a match. But I think it's, mm-hmm. like, I think it's... um. Maybe it's that thing where it's, like, because we're, you know, we, we've, we've seen more wrestling than you. It's, yeah. like... Yeah. Our concept of, uh, you know, a normal down the middle match as compared to this, which kind of like is anarchy a little bit. Yep. It's probably a little bit skewed. And also at the time, like you didn't see a lot of this stuff. Vince McMahon's out there, which had never happened that before. Was very yeah. That was huge. That felt real. That felt like don't like don't try to end this in a count out like that hmm. to me felt like such a blurred line of like, oh, like Vince McMahon's really hoping that he doesn't just leave. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and I'm sure on Vince's yeah. part a little bit, it's like, oh, he knows that he's going to screw this guy, and like, he knows that the only way that he can do that is if he's in the middle of the ring. Yeah, making sure everything is exactly how it should be. It is very different, weird feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't pick up on any of that stuff again. That's just my limited That's uh, fair. wrestling knowledge. And well, I was that- so, like, I was, like preparing myself for having to see Bret Hart in WCW. Mm-hmm. Like it was disturbing to me the idea of Bret Hart being in WCW. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew they would fuck up the character and they did. And they definitely did. Oh God did they yeah, ever. he was like barely a mid carter. Hmm. Yeah, they really underutilized him in WCW. Did he ever have like a classic WCW feud? Not really. I mean, what's interesting about this is I feel like in the last episode we did, it was uh, we did Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Is yeah. that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but I remember like the thing I thought about when I saw Bret Hart is like, oh, he is a relic. Like he felt like a character from the 80s wrestling oh, in the 90s. Yeah. And you kind, I think you kind of agreed with that. You're like, he is yeah. sort of yeah. like a little bit past his prime. So yeah. So part of me wonders like, well, then why do we care that much? He was already he, 40 when this happened, 40 or because 41. Because we were in the middle of a war. Yeah. Like, I loved WWF. Right. And I didn't want to see them go out of business. Hmm. I didn't want to see the only wrestling on television be WCW because I thought WCW was crap. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't used to. I loved WCW up until 94, mm-hmm. up until Hogan came over. And it became and wheelchair wrestling. Yep. Nice. That's a, that's <laughs> I a know. Fact. I figured it was, but I loved it so much. Uh, like, I remember, interesting. Like, I was, it, it, 
at this time period, I was out on the road uh, working uh, with a bunch of bands. And whenever you would go to the South, uh, you would just walk through sea, seas of people in NWO and Goldberg shirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, it would drive me fucking crazy. <laughs> Just being like, oh, really? You, oh god, because it, it just the NWO and Goldberg just always seemed so cheap. To, like, <laughs> how did you feel about Goldberg's return in the the uh, I mean, just in the recent 2016 era? Um, I which was was that that super quick? Yeah, okay, yeah. Match. Because we've talked about it. On I the show. hated it up until the match. And I loved the match. Yeah, I could it see was that. So unexpected, and it also we, fit we with Goldberg's too. character. Yeah, I, yeah, it was. I great. hated it at first, but then a day later, after I'd thought about it, it was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I, uh, I loved it. Like it's nobody, like, I applauded it. Yeah, like I, Brock Lesnar did not look worse coming out of that no, match. Yep, it exactly. just made Gold Goldberg look like a god. Yeah, I legitimately I loved, loved his comeback, his his speech, and everything because it he was humbled. And for the first time ever, he had a character. He had some development simply mm-hmm. by what happened in reality. So I actually right. really liked him for kind of the first time ever. Yeah, me too. Um, I did not like his first WWF run. Oh, yeah, that was all. terrible. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think they needed him. I didn't understand why they were bringing him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, same with the NWO. I was just very, like, very anti-WCW. I guess, uh, Stephen, something that we talked about in the uh, part one of the uh, Montreal Screwdrop episode was um, the concept of uh, character and integrity and stuff like that. Um, I guess that like a question for you is, do you, do you think that any wrestlers have character? Uh, like you mean like outside of them being wrestlers, you mean like integrity, like integrity or like, I think they're a stand up type of guy stand up or just like character development or like, Oh, that wrestler clearly has like, you you know what a character is. Well, well, cause like the undertaker's a character and I'm like, does that what you mean? Or do you mean like characters, the Netflix series term of characters, or do you mean just like these people are good people? Um, across the board. Okay. Uh, yes, there are Netflix style characters in, uh, the WWF and WCW, uh, as far as like character as a person, like a stand up type of guy of high quality, whatever. Um, sure. I, yeah, I don't doubt that. Um, I don't, uh, I don't personally see it in the ring. I guess I, I think in the ring, I don't think of anybody as like particularly heroic okay. or not, or like, uh, fight like, it, like I asked in the previous episode, like he says he's fighting for the right thing and fighting for the right causes. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. And right. I don't see how that translates. So I to mean, me in the ring, no, as humans. Yeah, definitely. Probably. I mean, I, I, I get what you're talking about. I feel like I'm similar with football where it's like, I don't like, I don't know. One football player is another football player to me. It's sure. like they're all, you know, they're, it's like, they're all playing a sport that they're paid to play, but it's right. like somebody like Kaepernick, you look at as like, Oh, that guy's clearly standing for something. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, be it, you know, politically, whether you agree with it or, or disagree Neil. with it. Right. It's like nice that name. guy, <laughs> it's like you sort of specs, you assume that everything that they're doing in their profession or the sport or whatever is just oh that's what, just what their job is they're just doing their job but like right. what they do outside of it it's like oh that you know Dikembe Mutombo seems like a good guy you yeah. know like that kind of thing yeah I mean yeah that that that's kind of my impression of it I'm sure there are plenty of good people and some of the things you've told me about behind the scenes are interesting about them as wrestlers but um but yeah in, in the ring I don't. I don't look at anybody and go like that guy is fighting for things I believe in. Uh, yeah. 
I yeah. want to get back to what Steven said about uh, Brett being past his prime. Yes. I feel like he was in his prime. Uh, he was in his prime physically, like yeah. as a wrestler. Was he total. older? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and he he probably would have been winding down, but he also could have had another 10 years left in him if he hadn't gotten injured in WCW. Hmm. Uh, and there was, oh, I think so. In my mind, there was a lot that they could have done with Brett still. In As, WWF? In WWF. Especially the Attitude Era was just starting. You had an influx of new talent. There would have been a whole new round of people for Brett to wrestle mm-hmm. and, and guys that he could have, you know, stuck around to put over like, yeah. T- or taken under his wing or whatever they decided right. to do. Sure. You could have had more matches with Austin. Um, and the, the possibilities were endless. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually there was a little bit of a rocky road to get there. Yeah. Um, or you could have, you know, you could have, you could have gone the tag route and had him and Owen have a, a go around with the tag belts. Um, sure. I think, I, that you could have kept the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart feud going if the two of them could have patched things up and yeah. done like a DX Hart Foundation. I like, mean, I suppose I don't want to do a coulda, shoulda, woulda on this, but I mean, I, you're, you're saying Owen probably would have just stayed Owen Hart. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah I mean, I, I, you know, I, I mean, it's one of these things where, like, I, I definitely feel like yes, Bret was winding down, but I don't think he was past his prime. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was just. There on the edge. Yeah, I guess I just I, I guess what I meant by that or what I felt by it was like he was his character and his look was a relic of something that's needs to either adapt and grow new or which is what be was destroyed. The character was adapting. Yeah, because he had just become a bad guy at that previous WrestleMania. Uh, so the character was adapting yeah. and for the first time in a long time, the Bret to. Hart character I thought was very interesting. Oh okay. yeah. Especially, Especially him, being a, him being a Canadian good guy stuff. in Canada, he, him being the biggest face in Canada and the biggest heel in America. Yep. And yeah, like, and and he didn't turn heel in America necessarily for the wrong reason. Like right. it was kind of anti-hero in its own way. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah it, it made it really sense. Was. Shades it, of gray. And it's yeah. interesting to see that he sort of went through like he had a feud with Bob Backlund in the mid 90s where the premise of the feud was that Bob Backlund was the white meat baby face of the early 80s. He was the guy that held the title that lost the title to the Iron Sheik that Hulk Hogan won the title from to jumpstart Hulkamania in 1984. Mm-hmm. And um, like the premise of that feud was Bob Backlund being like, I should be the top baby face. I'm the I'm a good guy. While he's like choking out Bret Hart's mom or right. something like that. <laughs> and like Bret Hart went through a similar thing where it's just like that. The, the premise of them being a bad guy is their inability to let go. Yeah. Like yeah. they're and, like, and I, like him- I'm not the bad guy. You're the bad guy audience. You know, like that yeah, kind of thing. And being like a staunch holdout of like, I, you're making me the bad guy because you cheer this actual bad guy. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of a cool scenario, but um, let, let's go around and uh, give our final thoughts on this match. And then we've got a surprise clip that we're going to show after this. So uh, as you decide uh, every time we do this. So uh, let's uh, uh, Nick, let's give you your final thoughts on this match. Uh, I mean, I don't, like we said, I mean, I don't love, it's not a remarkable match throughout, but it is interesting and weird and surreal with like all the stuff we covered. Vince is there off to the side. They're brawling in the audience for quite a while. It does have a very, maybe it's just because hindsight is twenty twenty, but it, it does feel so ominous. Something about it feels so weird and off. And it's like, what? But I mean, is the screw job? I don't know. I mean, I guess we're rating the screw job. It's sort of weird. But in terms of what it means for the business and in terms of will I always be fascinated by the clip? It's a five out of five. It's one of the biggest things to ever happen in the history of the of the the sport. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the screw job itself is a five out of five just because of of what it does. Yes. I don't five, know if I can uh, rate it any other way. Five Shawn Michaels humping Canadian flags. At mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if I can rate it any other way. Yeah, uh, I'll agree. I feel like the match to me was really interesting. I will agree there was an ominous level to it. Yeah, like Shawn Michaels broke a Canadian flag in half and then took the like broken shard of it and tried to jab it through Bret Hart's neck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There was a level of there's a level of like brutality to the match and especially knowing what we know now like a level of like oh like maybe maybe he's laying in those hits a little bit harder than he probably would be sure yeah you could see Um, some of that yeah you know like doing standing suplexes on a concrete floor because like fuck it like um and i think that that's something that you know this match has an air to it that like you know is similar to uh you know a cm punk uh john cena or like rvd versus cena one night stand um, you know, although even more so because this was even more real than that was. And there's um, definitely some perceived malicious intent yeah. in some of those strikes, as you say. I mean, like, I do think that, like, because of the screw job, the story of the match is a little bit off. Like, it feels like this, it, this, the, you know, the, the this didn't serve the story of what the match was in, mm-hmm. in terms of what they built up. But this was also an insane unscripted moment that was, like, designed just to do a desperation thing. Yeah, so they created a thousand to... new stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, you know, Match three, throw match three humps, uh, the screw job, a million because it essentially is what like created modern wrestling in, yeah. in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, what, what do you think? Yeah, uh, <laughs> looking back, it's I mean it was fascinating and shocking at the time that it happened, and now looking back, it's fascinating and shocking for completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you compare this to their match at WrestleMania twelve. It is night and day. Mm-hmm. And not only is the match night and day, the feel of the company and the yeah. industry is yeah. night and day. Uh, it's so fascinating. It's such a different world. Uh, and now to look back and see what this brought about. Because, like I said, at the time, I felt like, oh, Brett will go to WCW. The other guy, the other Heart Foundation members probably will, too, other than mm-hmm. Pillman. And everybody will be fine. In a couple of years, Brett will come back. And when he comes back, that match with Sean is right. going to be yeah. bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, looking back, what ends up happening, Stephen, is what the clip you saw in Wrestling with Shadows of Vince McMahon saying Brett screwed Brett. Yeah. That was an interview that Vince did on Monday Night Raw a couple of weeks after the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, as we said, as right. Mr. McMahon. And that ends up helping him turn into this Mr. McMahon bad guy character, mm-hmm. which ends up giving Steve Austin a bad guy for his good guy. Right. And it ends up turning WWE's ratings around mm-hmm. and leads to WWF, WWE now taking back over in the ratings right. and leads to the attitude era and this explosive thing. So that's what happened. That's what WWF got out of this. Right. Uh, every single week, it was hearts. every single week. It was tuning in to see what Steve Austin would do to McMahon. It's yes. unbelievable. It didn't get old for so long. Yeah. yeah they, they, this ended up like they, they got years of mileage off. Of yeah. This, mm-hmm. And they still do like the screw job ending. Like the next survivor series ended with this happening in the storyline mm. where they did the same thing mm-hmm. to like mankind. mankind. Yeah. 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 So like it just, and they'll they can't, still do it to this day. To they this immediately day, yeah. are like, we got to cash in on that. Yeah. We got to use mean, it again. Over and over and but over. But I'm sorry, you were going to mention the heart foundation yeah. went on yeah. to. So what ended up happening to the hearts 
is crazy tragic because Brett goes to WCW. He gets injured by Goldberg and his career is over. Mm -hmm. He ends up, he gets a concussion. He ends up having a stroke and he essentially can never wrestle again. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about this in a minute. He would come back for a couple of matches, but he essentially could never wrestle again. Right. Uh, Putting a premature into his career and affecting his life forever. Uh, You could argue that this is the inciting incident that ends up killing both Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, Mm Davy Boy Smith. It definitely Uh, puts something in motion. uh, Davy Boy Smith died because after this happened, he went to WCW with Brett. They let the rest. They they offered to let let the Hart Foundation out of their contract too. Right. So mm-hmm. Davy Boy goes to WCW. Uh, he's in a match on a pay per view where they've installed a trap door. Oh, in the Middle this. of the ring for the Ultimate Warrior to come up through. Uh-huh. They forget to tell the wrestlers that there's a trap door in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Davy falls on the trap door, breaks his back, and this starts him on painkillers that a year mm-hmm. later would lead to his death. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this hadn't have happened, I'm sure Owen Hart would be alive. Right. Uh, yeah, Owen Hart was Owen made the stayed, Blue Blazer essentially yep. as punishment. Stayed in WWF. Uh, so it killed the, this family. They transitioned him out of being Owen Hart, and he became this character that he had done before. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Blue Blazer. But it was like definitely as punishment. Yeah. Huh. And then the other thing that is so fascinating to me is so much of this seemed to be done to protect Shawn Michaels and WWE's investment in Shawn Michaels and two months after this, Shawn Michaels would end up breaking his back and having to retire. The first time. The first time, yeah. Okay, yeah. He was gone for, I think, six years? Yeah. Yeah, out of ring, five or six years. Yeah, from 1998 Do you, do you know until... what happened to Owen Hart? Did we tell you about the Blue Blazer? No, you blew, you, you blew over it. Uh, the, he was... Uh, Owen Hart was in costume as a character called the Blue Blazer. And he mm. was sketch. He, he had stuck around. He was still Owen Hart for a little bit. Yeah. I, I loved Owen. Yeah, me too. Uh, but he... Um, he ended up staying with WWF, um, went through a series of different things, and then ultimately ended up being this character, the Blue Blazer, uh, was supposed to be lowered down into the ring from like a harness, uh-huh. like way up in the arena, which they had done before with Shawn Michaels and other wrestlers. Yeah, and like Sting was his thing for a long time. Yeah. There was an equipment malfunction. It was 1999 at the Over the Edge pay-per-view. Sure. Uh, the equipment malfunction. Yeah, I know. Owen yeah. Hart fell from the scaffolding, hit his head off of a turnbuckle in the God ring and, and, and would die that night during uh. the pay-per-view. They announced it during the pay-per-view and the show continued. Uh. Yeah, they like they literally told wrestlers like, don't wrestle in this corner of the ring because some of the boards are cracked. Like where their friend where fell. died 30 minutes later or 30 God. minutes earlier or whatever. Oh, wrestling's the so worst. That's what <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Brian Pillman uh, also was, you know, involved in a lot of that stuff too. What happened to Brian Pillman? I mean, he died of, I think, a drug overdose. Was it overdose? Yeah, he had a heart attack, I believe. Yeah. Uh, in a similar situation, uh, mixing painkillers with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been in a car accident. Yeah. Uh, not too long before this. Uh, I, I, if uh, Pillman, uh, for wrestling was on fans, his own road, for wrestling sure. fans out there who may be new to wrestling, uh, like Steven, uh, Brian, I would, uh, Brian Pillman's kind of gotten lost to history. Yeah. And yeah. I would really recommend going and searching for Pillman stuff on the network because mm-hmm. I truly believe that if Pillman wouldn't have been in that car accident and kept himself healthy and alive, mm-hmm. uh, he would have been the rock. 
he would have been Austin's I could see that. main bad guy. Yeah, they were I in a think tag team he would have been and huge. In WCW, come he, Hollywood Blondes. He was brilliant. He was, he was an great. amazing wrestler. Really good with promos. He was a great character. So, oh, he was and, so good on the uh, mic. People should really take the time to go back and uh, take a look at Pillman's work because yeah. it was it was great. His matches with Jushin Thunder Liger and WCW were fantastic. The mm. Hollywood Blonde stuff was great. And the loose cannon stuff, promo-wise, yeah, that was great. Yeah. WWF, just fantastic stuff. I mean, I would have killed for a Shawn Michaels-Brian Pillman match. Oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. That would have be been great. a classic. It, it's such a shame that we never got it, 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 any of those dream Pillman matches. Right. Yeah, it was a very short career, all things considered. Yeah. All right, let me hop in here and rate this so we can kind of hey, continue. What, what, was your, what was your rating, Justin? Oh, five shadows. Oh, great. Five, shadows. Five, five. Wait, I think we're doing five humps. Five humps to the Canadian flag. Uh, oh, five humps oh, on this one. Five yeah, yeah. Five yeah. humps. Uh, five, yeah. five, five, five. My lovely lady humps. Yep. Um, yeah. You know what? This. You know what this is? This is. Uh, this is like. You know how. Uh, in George Lucas's contract for Star Wars, he got all the rights to the toy merchandising. He got like all this money from toy merchandising, and that's what basically made it so George Lucas had all the money to finance the rest of the Star Wars movies and to uh, m- you know make the prequels and eventually cash out on this for like billions of dollars. I forget. I think it was like nine billion dollars. I don't know if that's correct or not. He eventually sold to Disney for like nine billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That that's. The Montreal Screwjob in the story. This match is looking at a Luke Skywalker action figure. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. It's just a, it's just a, a match. Uh, it has like a one little imperfection or whatever that makes it kind of unique, but it's just, it's just a match. So uh, for me, it didn't excite me a lot. All this other stuff around it is much more interesting. And in a way, I'm like, why didn't we just like watch or talk about that? Like, why do I have to watch this 30 minute match that? Uh, that kind of leads to all the interesting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, this is like, uh, you know, a one Canadian uh, flag hump match. Uh, I know that like as you as all like fans of wrestling, who have to respect the history, you know, have to give it a five. But I don't I don't have to do that. So for me, it's a one. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Justin, Justin squeezing lives. his hand so hard that his wrist is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the physics of that. All right. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> even after all that setup we gave you, you just kind of don't. The match doesn't matter. The match isn't the story. Well, I guess. How do you feel about the what story? You, yeah, I'm what, not what seeing get? Wrestling with so Shadows. You're, you're, it's two different things. Because yeah. Wrestling with Shadows is the story of real life. Mm-hmm. This is the story of the story. The story of the story. This is the story. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. The backstory, the stuff that you're sharing about the fallout from it that ultimately it led to the WWF coming back, like that's interesting, but that's not what we're rating or watching. You bring a lot of great insight and storytelling it to be. it. All of you do, but I don't care about this match. <laughs> might, I don't you care. And you don't care about just the incident itself either. It doesn't. No, like that's, it's just such a small part of it. I mean, like, you know, like it, I can't, oh, but it's the biggest part of it. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it, biggest. I, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. like, I still, I, it is, it's like very important, right. but the moment is small. There's not a lot to grasp the onto. The is just not the, there for you to care. The, the, all that story, the stuff that I'm interested doesn't come up. It's just like the it's just the barely inciting incident that I sort of get to see just a taste of it where Bret Hart spits in Vince McMahon's face and then I'm like, well, what else? It's like I'm I'm getting blue balls for drama watching see, it, this. It's hard for me to enjoy the match because I know what happened to right. Bret yep. Hart and the Hart family. 
if that stuff hadn't happened, I would really get off on this hmm. because my favorite moments in wrestling are the moments where things get a little too real. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my, same. my favorite match this year was uh, Samoa Joe versus Balor. Oh, I love that. Takeover yeah. Because they kept really stopping the match. Because like yeah. Samoa Joe was bleeding into his eye. Every moment. And he was so mad. Legit stopped the match. And you could see how badly those guys wanted to keep going mm-hmm. and continue that match. Oh, He's man, just like shoving the doctors it. out of the and way after a while. That was the same night as Nakamura and Sammy, and that was a great match. Yeah. But Ooh. I didn't enjoy it as much as Joe and Balor because it got real. Interesting. And you had these like really powerful moments of what is going to happen now. Is that your favorite match of the year? Then you think it's my favorite match wow. of the year. I mean, it's just like improv. It's just it's it's those moments of like what is going to happen mm-hmm. that it, it's i mean that's my favorite kind of comedy when you can get people like uncomfortable and get that like uncomfortable laugh or that laugh that like you shouldn't be getting like but what yeah. you're touching on is that like you know you got a big ass improv scene you got all this stuff you got a show you got whatever but it's that one little microcosm moment that you actually care about yeah and i that that, that you really go like that's what i really care about that's what mm-hmm. that matters and i guess that's like what the same thing is here it's like we're trying to compare it like i know it's like it's 1 millisecond compared to this whole thing but that yeah. one I, I, I will, moment means everything i will give up an entire year of wrestling matches for that moment of the look on Brett's face that yeah. real life moment of him realizing, uh, yeah, absolutely, that he's been fucked. Yeah, like that is so that's a holy shit moment. Yeah, it's just you. You literally cannot plan <laughs> for moments like. Yeah, that. you kind of watch all the plan shit so you can get to the stuff that doesn't happen the <laughs> yeah. way it was supposed to. Well, yeah. Well, it's like when it feels like it's getting off the rails a little bit. When yeah. it yeah. feels like you can when you can see like the train car tipping, and it's just like, oh, what's going to like, happen? I don't want to see people like get re- like really hurt no no like, no i but yeah just a little just bit like when chaos, sid bre- when sid breaks bit. his leg oh man oh that's the best wrestling hey love it, love it or hate love it or hate it when no. lesnar elbowed orton's head open hard way it was like what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on no what is happening no that means it's a bad medium. I'm not saying it's you good can't or bad. Enjoy it. You can't enjoy it for when th- until things go wrong. I'm that's not why even everybody enjoyed no, it. That's right? why everybody hates Jimmy Fallon on Saturday Night Live. It's like, oh, this little fucking do- hey, doof man. is sitting there laughing at himself. And I'm, it's like, you know what? No, the hey, sketches have to be I'm good. Not, hey, I no. don't want to hear I'm not Jimmy saying Fallon. I laugh. can't enjoy it because I do enjoy it. I yeah. fucking love wrestling. All right, that's fine. Uh, but I, I. I really enjoy those moments. Yeah, I get that. That counter counterpoint to what you're saying. I'm not saying it was a good or bad thing. Counterpoint to what you're saying. The biggest laugh that you're gonna get. I'm saying this is somebody who's done a lot of sketch comedy over the past five years. The biggest laugh that you're ever gonna get in sketch comedy is when somebody's fake mustache falls off. And and that's me. No, that's not true. That is not true. I disagree. If it is, you're failing at sketch comedy. If that's the biggest laugh you're getting, you're failing at sketch comedy. I agree with you on that point. I do too. But those are going to be laughs. But also say I disagree with you on the Jimmy Fallon thing because (laughs) it would be like if Jimmy Fallon was on SNL and in Mm -hmm. the middle of the sketch, 
uh, like a light fell and hit him in the head and busted him open, and he finished the sketch. Oh, that would be Yeah, that would be my favorite sketch in the history of SNL. He finished the sketch, the and he does such a good job it's that the audience the still laughs. Of Jimmy Fallon breaking up laughing. Uh, I will agree right. that I don't live for the moment of my mustache falling. All right, but talking about get a laugh. But talking about finishing it, we also watched the WWE Raw from uh, January fourth, twenty ten. Bret Hart returns to confront Shawn Michaels. Yeah. We showed we. Watched uh, Bret Hart's return to the WWE. Yep. Uh, this was Bret's first time on WWE since the Montreal Screwjob 13 years earlier. In true wrestling fashion, Bret and Sean didn't speak to each other before this encounter. So this promo was settling their differences in the ring, not with moves, but with words. And so we're going to go to a quick clip of some of those words. Sean Michaels. I'll just call you Sean. I think... I'd like to take this opportunity right now to bury the hatchet with you and call for a truce. First of all, Hitman, before you come out here and get your closure, there's something I've been waiting 12 years to say to you. The fact is, you deserved what happened 12 years ago in Montreal. So we've obviously you cut to a few of the words just randomly edited together. <laughs> That's just right. Like, so we've the Sean wrestling skipped That's quite right. a bit. We've skipped quite a bit. But to give you the idea of the closure of that, they, they were somehow able to wrap this all up well, yeah. and, and give everybody their. All right. We fucked up. Well, yeah, Stephen, this was uh, full disclosure. This was um, TNA wrestling, which was a competitor to WWE. I mean, still a competitor to WWE. They. They basically planned on jumpstarting kind of a new Monday Night Wars. They were going to have their show air on Mondays against WWE television to like mm-hmm. kind of re- re- rekindle that feud a little bit. I completely forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, this was for TNA. A this valiant was, effort. This was their first. Uh, Hulk Hogan was a member of TNA at this point. Mm-hmm. It was going to be his first night in the company. WWE, uh, they signed Jeff Hardy. I think Kurt Angle was going to be there. So they, like, they were really putting all of their all of their gunpowder into this one bullet to hopefully compete with WWE. Mm-hmm. WWE dropped the bombshell of Bret Hart's going to come back into the <laughs> ring for the first time in 12 years and like talk to Shawn Michaels in the middle of the ring unscripted yeah. and it's just went, like Aww. it's just like well you know what do you get good, good job TNA you tried <laughs> like, yeah um, so company. I guess uh, Stephen watching this did you especially watching Wrestling with Shadows and watching the match itself and seeing everything else that you've seen about Bret Hart did you understand the weight of this? Did this feel like a bigger moment to you than you've seen in previous? And you may not have things? known that he had the injuries and the stroke and all of that stuff. I don't know if you. Yeah, I didn't know about all that. that. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, when I was watching this, uh, honestly, it uh, it felt like forced and not exciting to me. I I don't know. Like I was like, oh, this is like a cheap cash in on like some storyline, and it surprises me zero percent that this was just like a way to beat. TNA was it? Yeah. That that surprises me zero percent because I'm just like this isn't this isn't a resolution. This isn't like respectful or restoring anything. It's just like uh, look at these guys talking. Well, Could you believe it? The resolution. This is the beginning of the resolution. Yeah. Because this builds toward a match between Brett 
and Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was which was a thing that happened. Maybe I, the worst match in WrestleMania history. I like the match. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I, I think we wrong. talked about this that night, and I was like, really? I it did not is, enjoy that. One of the most awkward things I've ever experienced. It, mm-hmm. it, it was necessary because they, they look, for all intents and purposes, they gave Brett that moment. Yep. That, it was the conclusion, the conclusion of it. a 12-year storyline. Uh, it was painful to watch to get there, but he yes. got that moment. Me and my buddy Jay drove out to Arizona from here for that WrestleMania. And there was probably 70,000 people in that arena. And it was 10 minutes of Bret Hart's hitting Vince McMahon with a chair. Yeah. And 70,000 people being silent. Uh, it's it weird. It was very weird and awkward. And you could tell that it was kind of like, it felt like Vince kind of felt bad about what happened. It was yeah, just totally. like, all right, beat me up for 10 minutes. I'll take it. You you deserve this and we owe it to you. It was very bizarre. I- uh yeah. What I liked about it is like what we know about wrestling with like hope spots and heat and like, you know, like the heel getting one up and stuff like that. A lot of nope spots. It's like this one. it was uh, <laughs> it was interesting to see uh, a match where like uh, Bret Hart, he'd had a stroke uh, like so he probably shouldn't be in the ring to begin with. Um, but also, in addition to that, um, he got a really great insurance deal with, I think, Lloyds of London or whatever off of his career ending injury. He gets an insane amount of money every year, hmm. you know, because he was, you know, had his career ended in the middle of the ring. Right. And um, like because of that, like he can't take bumps like legally or he'll lose his insurance money. Right. So like it was a match where all of the heel like kind of heat spots had to be done without putting the face in any level of peril. Yeah. Right. So I thought what was really interesting is that the heat spots were when Vince McMahon pulls a crowbar out and the hopes sp- and like when like the entire Hart family comes out and you think that they're going to like turn on Brett. It's just like moments like that where it's like they figured out a way to put the face in peril without actually putting him in any physical peril. Yeah. And, yeah. and, they, and I thought they, they could do it. And yeah. yeah, like I will agree that the match was like, you know, a little bit too long. I mean, honestly, if the match was 30 seconds and it was just Brett shoved Vince down and sh- threw him into the sharpshooter, the audience would have freaked out and it would have been thought of as a great moment. Mm-hmm. But I thought that like for the limitations that they had, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, and I think Brett for, again, with the limitations and everything Brett had gone through, by the time they got to, SummerSlam that year, Brett looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, he had a good match with you. I mean, he had a good, like, back and forth with Heath Slater. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, don't forget, also, and I had to even look this up. I was like, wait a minute, did he? Bret Hart yeah. won the United States championship the in yeah, this the run Miz. against yeah. the Miz for like seven days. Yeah, yeah. With the help of the Hart uh, dynasty. Similar yeah. deal where it's like he couldn't take a single bump. He, like, basically, like, his limitations, he had such clear limitations. Yeah. Like I think that he didn't even defend the title; he just gave it to our truth. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty much just like let's get the shenanigans in so he can lock somebody in the sharpshooter yeah. and win the title. Yeah, I yeah. did feel like by the time they got to, to SummerSlam, they kind of figured out how to have Brett wrestle a match without wrestling a match. Right. Yeah, or at by he was at like going to tag team with John Cena, figuring it out. Yeah, he was yep. against the Nexus, the Tin Man. I think had a brief run as the new general manager of Raw. Yeah, um, but one of the, like one of the things that's so weird about this segment of him and Shawn Michaels like coming together is like 
first of all, Stephen, we would find out that Shawn Michaels completely knew about this mm-hmm. and was totally in on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was that was like part of the controversy. Is like, did Shawn Michaels know about it? Right. He told Brett for years that he didn't know about it, and he was just he was just as shocked as everybody when he got handed the title. Uh, so yeah. so Shawn Michaels uh, goes away for five six years. Also, this was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they, they they give the tease as oh, he's going to uh, he's gonna super kick him. They totally give yeah the like tease. it's gonna switch in music. Brad Hart. Yeah, that, oh, that's sure. Shawn Michaels' finishing move. It's just he does a stance where it's like he's standing an exact l- a distance Length. away, like yeah. back to him. He does that a lot, and he'll just turn into doing his finisher. Like that? And, um, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just, I would give anything to watch Joey like to try to deliver a super kick. I could do, I could do a super kick. <laughs> no, you it, can't. It no, well, you can't moonsault. It bumps me out I that can. Sean like, didn't get his comeuppance. Yeah, he kind of came Sean out was a horrible person, and... Yeah. He Sean was able to return from injury, have this second chapter of his career yeah. where he submitted himself to a lot of people to be the greatest of all time. Right. He's, uh, I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Might be my the greatest of all, of all time until Jack Gallagher laced up his boots. And, it, and it's interesting to me that that WrestleMania was the last WrestleMania for yeah. both Brett and Sean. Well, it yeah. wasn't. It yeah, was like, Shawn Michaels last match. And I think it truly really will be. And it was one of Brett's last, but it was, well, it was WrestleMania. It was mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels' last match. Shawn Michaels that WrestleMania where they did the HBK versus or the 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 match where the, the WrestleMania where they did uh, Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. They also did Shawn Michaels versus, versus the, Undertaker, the Undertaker career versus Streak. Uh, Shawn Michaels lost. So that was the end of that was his last match and Bret Hart's first match in like ten years. So there was an interesting just like career intersection there you know mm-hmm. but i agree mm-hmm. that he gave all of the comeuppance to mr mcmahon yeah and not a single thing really happened to michaels even and, in storyline i don't yeah. love this segment uh i don't yeah. believe that sean is sorry yeah uh, i don't believe that sean is that much better of a person like it's hard for me to. that's buy. what a lot of people say is like, that he's I, like I, I just don't believe it the, I, the yeah there's a false sentimentality like, there I really like truly, i really think of all the good times and i think of like do you this is odd i really truly think that sean michaels in his heart, for real. I really think he... No, listen. I for really, real. I really, really think he feels bad. I don't think it's for necessarily all the right reasons, and therefore I don't think he's necessarily sorry. I think he feels <laughs> right. bad. Yeah, and I think I there's a, right. there's a guilt there. I think there's a guilt there, and he... There, there is a part of him that really does truly respect Bret Hart. I do believe that, but I don't think I, he's 100% I sorry. I think you're completely right. But I, I think Vince is... Actually, sorry. Oh, I absolutely think that's like you sorry. can you can feel like the actual like I am so sorry this happened Vince, from Vince, and I just don't feel that from Sean at all. Vince, for all of his craziness and weirdness and things that he's had to do for business, legit, what's best for business in real life? I really truly believe that he he has he has because he's been such a father figure to a lot of people and a boss and a mentor and a friend and I, I, yeah, I really do think that he has that in him. Mm-hmm. Sean Michaels, I don't know, not so much. I do think he's a changed man in many ways also. I really believe Sean Michaels in a lot of that stuff. I just don't think he's sorry for all the right reasons. Well, yeah. this this is a moment made me tear up. It was like a very big moment for me to watch um, because like it was just like the conclusion of a, you know, a 12 year, year storyline. Like there was just like some bigness in seeing like Sean Michaels and, uh, it's big. you know, and Bret Hart in the middle of the ring for the first time in, you know, however many years. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I do believe that just because wrestling's a weird business that like that uh the start of the day 
they saw each other and literally just shook hands and that was it. And they, I earnestly believe that this was them figuring it out in the middle of the ring. But watching it again, it really does feel like Shawn Michaels. It rings a bit like, false. Yeah, like Shawn Michaels was just like, not sorry, I'd do it again. But hey, we had good times though, right? Right. More- and I do think that I, I feel that those guys are truly in the best place they can be for it, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. I mean, I look, you got to move on with your fucking life. Yeah. More important to me than this is there is an amazing DVD that most of it is now up on the network that was filmed about a year after this, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe two, where Jim Ross sat down and interviewed Brett and Sean together for, it's probably like three hours. Oh, right. And... It's fascinating. I've, I, yeah, it goes I've seen over it. their whole career from the beginning to the end. Yeah, it's the and, like perfect feuds or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. to me, I felt like was really the definitive end to all. I agree with that. And yeah, you, you, I think you get much more of Brett and Sean's like actual feelings about everything because they have to that. sit there in a quiet room. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so what are we rating this? Uh, out of uh, okay, let's rate uh, um, super kicks that w- weren't. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, super kicks that weren't. Um, I thought that this was a. Um, I liked this moment. I thought that it was like you know something that I love about professional wrestling is that you're allowed such closure. I mean, it's like it's storylines, storylines that go on for years and years and years. Like uh, you know something that's similar to comic books, and this. Even though this was a moment, even though this was a millimeter in, you know, a hundred mile dash or something like that, um, this was the closure of two really great storylines. It was the closure of like Bret Hart's sort of like need for redemption and also Shawn Michaels, like the last pin in his career, his career ended three or four months after this Mm -hmm. of like, oh, like he can walk off into the sunset, a man without loose ends. Like, Hmm. um, so as a moment, yeah, I give this, uh, I give this five, five insincere hugs. Mm -hmm. Nick, uh, despite the fact that I do think it rings false, the fact that it finally happened, that it, we got the closure. It's like, it's the moment itself on paper is still like big and cool. And I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, but I mean, the fact that it happened and again that we can all move on as fans yeah they can move on as people the company can move on as a company i mean it's still a big moment i i think it deserves a, a 4.2 out of 5 i mean it's you know it i i it, it is what it is i agree <laughs> that i think that uh that sit down interview is far more interesting than this but the fact that it happened that's a big deal so i'll give it a 4.2 out of 5 Justin, I give it three. Uh, the insincerity of Shawn Michaels uh, still really bothered. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, watching it again, it definitely rang a little bit truer than the first time. Yeah, I saw it, it felt yeah. truer live. Why going back? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm happy that Brett got that moment. If this was mm-hmm. something that helped Brett, then I think that's great. And it was great to see. I, I'm giving it three just because it was great to see Brett back yeah Uh, not everybody gets that we didn't get that with macho man uh i'm so glad we got it with brett and i'm glad that brett got to end his career in a place even though he as a wrestler he was a shell of his former self because of the stroke and the in the shots to the head but it was great that he got to have these moments after what happened and he's just back these moments he's just back brett is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. And he deserved to go out this way and not the way that he went out with the screw job. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Steven. Yeah, I guess I, I guess if it is something that is, uh, provides some sort of closure for, uh, 
Brett, then that, that's nice. Um, to this moment, yeah, it just felt it felt insincere to me. It felt like a marketing thing from the moment it started. With it just, that. And, it, okay with and that. it is. And like that sort of sucks. Like, I don't know. I just I hate that. I, that feels like insincere all around. Like it helps nobody and is just like uh, capitalizing on uh, something that was maybe actually mattered to people uh, at the time. So like, I don't know. I just watched the whole thing and I was like, this is stupid. This isn't anything. And even if it is, even if it is like attempting to put a closure on that, it just, it felt, it felt false and like not enough. Like these, you know, Sean Michaels half-heartedly going like you did this, that was good and this good. And then like, I get, I didn't even notice at that time, but that vague threat to like super kick him. I'm like, how does that help the story? <laughs> How does that close anything That's off? Fair. Nobody, nobody like, uh, that nobody, is, nobody's sitting there thinking like, how can we do right by this and kind of well, put a pin in what it? Is, like it, WWE has grown. That, it tracks in that it's like, oh, is he a changed man for like a split second? It's just a tease. It's just it's wrestling. It's constantly, but it doesn't you. do anything. And I, that's, that's, that's weak. Fine. It's just like when a I, weak attempt at closing I, it. I so for me, it's a one star. Please I, go ahead and I, say what you need to say. Well, I, I will agree with you. I think that like, I, I think that for uh, Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, and everybody else, the Battle of Eagles was, Egos was over. But I feel like for Shawn Michaels, it was still... The battle of Eagles is just... The battle, the battle yeah, of, when they the battle, all had eagles, they all had each other. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, man, oh man, the Battle of Ego, Eagles would be so, eagle, t- so tight. Uh, but the Battle of Egos... Kennel that we of to, Eagles the of, The Battle of Egos that we talked about, I think, maybe maybe this episode, maybe last episode. Um, yeah, like I think that that... that still is a battle that Shawn Michaels is fighting. It definitely felt like he was the one person that was like, I'm not going to apologize. Yeah. Whereas Vince is like, you were saying, like you could tell it was like, go ahead, beat me up and make me bleed for 10 minutes in the middle of the ring in front of 20 people. I'm doing this because I feel bad. I And th- I, I want to bring this up before we wrap up. It's, I think one of the things that's very important about this is that, you know, Vince McMahon controls the way that professional wrestling history is written mm-hmm. because they can put whatever they want on that network and spin it any way possible about two do. of their biggest competitors yeah and yeah. they have spun and even though he's great they have spun Shawn michaels as the greatest of all time damn right they have and yeah. if brett hadn't agreed to come back there's a good chance that they would have washed bread out of history. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason that they were like they were going to literally release a documentary called Screwed the Bret Hart story mm-hmm. that was just gonna be like, Yeah, he just was a he just wasn't that good. He like, screwed himself, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. What? Yeah. yeah. So this was also a defensive move on Brett's Yeah, to part. save his legacy. <laughs> yeah. Save his legacy. Yeah. Because he should go down as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And he will, and he does now. Mm. But could have been a lot. Written could've, slightly he's a better, been better. He's a better wrestler. So, uh, could have been better. I want uh, more. So, uh, Steven, um, real quick, just as we're wrapping up, you've seen Wrestling with Shadows. You've seen the match. You've seen the uh, you know them the closure of the match. Um, what are your overall thoughts on the Montreal screw job? Uh, it, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Fun. <laughs> there was a lot of interesting things that were said around it that I'm maybe more interested in hearing, like uh, how this somehow propelled uh, the WWF, WWE to bounce back, what that actually meant at the WCW. Uh, there are like consequences that I want that I'm, I guess I'm more interested in hearing how those all spun out. Uh, but as a thing that happened and as their way of like trying to wrap it up in this match, it's all kind of like, yeah, like whatever. 
uh, it's not, it's uh, the way, the way in which we've, we've found our way into it. This documentary watching this match in mm-hmm. this clip, these are like the least compelling things about it. From my opinion, Justin, you've brought some great insight into it. And like, I'm like, Oh, I wish I, we didn't talk about anything of, that we talked about. And instead <laughs> just talked about the thing. So we could like, cause I, I have questions. I want to dive in on other stuff, but that's well, not I what we talked talk about. about this All for right. literally hours. So if you want to I grab bet. lunch, dinner, and breakfast, something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll spend a day together. You just, yeah. have a, you just have a weekend. I'm going to go on a cross-country road trip. Aww. Hey, Justin, do you think Vince McMahon is sad? Like, <laughs> yes. Just staring up into the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, I would, lay in a field in the middle of the yeah. desert on a blanket together? Ooh. Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, you guys can check that out in the YSLW web series. Uh, <laughs> Nick and Steven, go on a trip. <laughs> why, wait, why is it Nick? I mean, uh, shut up. Steven, Steven and Justin. <laughs> are you vegan, apparently. Okay, yeah. yeah Steven fine. and Justin. Yeah, like, sorry, Justin. You aren't needed for this. <laughs> he tried. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, great. Uh, if you have questions, if you're wrestling fans, you have questions for uh, Nick, Joey, or myself, you can shoot us an email at youshouldloverwrestling at gmail.com or tweet at us at YSLW Podcast. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, oh, thanks for doing for a two parter. Two parter. You. you went through the marathon. Is there anything you want to share with the world? Uh, Bret Hart is a better wrestler than Shawn Michaels. Uh, Boom, mic drop. There you go. Joey. Okay, uh, if, you had a th- if you had an opportunity to do a, a, a fourth episode with us, what would, you do- what would it be about? <laughs> <laughs> Should I reveal that? Because I have something very specific that I want to bring. If you'd okay. rather not, we'll, okay, don't reveal it, but we'll okay. definitely have you uh, on. Ooh, the, it's good. Joey it's asking a question. Really he Ooh, I can't want wait. the answer to. <laughs> uh, let's wrap okay. this up so we can hear what this is. Right. Okay, great, Justin, great. where can we find you on social media and on the internet? Oh, you can find me at uprocks.com every Wednesday morning. You can read how I felt about that week's SmackDown and uh, always can, great articles. Yeah, always great articles. You can read my pay-per-view predictions and occasionally other articles. Uh, yeah. Uprocks.com slash pro wrestling. Also, Tournament of Nerds, which is the mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. Saturday of every month. Third Saturday of every month at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, Franklin. Uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area, come on out. We usually have wrestlers. Last night we had Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler. Uh, we've had Lana. We used to have Roddy Piper. Um, yeah, you never know uh, who will be at the show. Cool. Joey. Great. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyTainment and check out my other podcast, 25 Minutes of Silence, which is a podcast where a guest and I sit in silence for 25 minutes. Who did I have on the podcast? We don't care. <laughs> Nick, where can we find you? Uh, who did you have on the podcast? Show? I don't know. I, like, I, I had a former astronaut recently. Oh, I always cool. have crazy guests. Wow. Yeah. Was it sounds Max like something Moon? worth listening to? Uh, oh, I yeah, it was Max Sapio Vega. Guys, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Gligger, G L I G O R. And at Pearlstein is me. Steven? Mm hmm. Do you love wrestling? No. All right. He doesn't love it. <laughs> yeah, Justin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you yeah, so much for coming yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.